Garage Logic, broadcasting live from the office of the mayor above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake. Featuring the rookie on production, Chris Reavers, vice president of social media, and John Height in the newsroom. Now, the fireworks commissioner, flashlight king, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. And that's the Garage Logic segment of the one. Wouldn't you be uh, today? Yeah. Huh? I'd be out and about. Uh-huh. 80 degrees. What another beautiful day, huh? I have so much I want to share with you. Don't waste any time. Let's go. All right. I can't. I, I have too much stuff. I'll try to keep my mouth shut so we can keep the show moving. Got an email from Yvonne who notes, I just received this notice from the Anoka County Historical Society. And of course, I thought of Garage Logic. Uh, and the note from the Historic Society was calling for all garage memories and artifacts. We're updating our Farms to Flamingos suburban exhibit in time for Riverfest on July 14th, and we need your help. This year, we want to step outside the suburban living room and take a look at the garage. As you can see, we have the walls built, but now we need stuff to put in the garage. Hmm. If you have photographs, memories, or especially items from a 1950s, 1960s era garage, we'd love to have them. We're especially looking for a basketball hoop and ball, a baseball glove, other sports equipment, games, tools, a wading pool, or anything else you remember from a garage of that era. We can take donations of Anoka County artifacts or loans. An Anoka County connection is preferred, but not required. Get in touch soon if you'd like to have something in this exhibit. And there's a phone number. Well, I think that's fantastic. It is. Ray but there's ho- a bit, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. There's a bit of cheap crapness here. <laughs> you mean to tell me you need to put a call out to get a glove, a baseball glove? But it's from a specific area, you said. Uh, close enough. Just go get a glove. Yeah, but it can't say, you know, Rawlings on the side. It's got to have some history to it. I know what you need in that garage. A basketball hoop? Come on. Uh, I never really saw a basketball hoop in a garage. Maybe attached, well, attached to. Attached to it, yeah. yeah. But you know what? You know what's a must? Huh. The hell are you talking that about? That oil can. Remember the old school oil can? Uh, you what would- noise does it make? You'd, you'd hit the the trigger on that thing. I I I got. It. That's for so sure. If you're up in Anoka Way, uh, call the Anoka County Historical Society if you've got uh, garage items you'd like to donate. Yesterday, I came upon, or John Height did in his newscast, the what the 129 year old Chechen woman who's said she's never had a happy day in her life. Poor lady. Well, she's she's now the star of the Krabby Coffee Shop. Yeah. But I found a rival. That's gonna have the picture's gonna have to go up alongside her. Okay. Yeah. You ready? Yeah, I am. This is a beauty. This is a doozy. Yeah. There's a gorilla uh, in a. Uh, there's a very grumpy gorilla in a zoo, a Dutch zoo. Mm-hmm. And anytime anybody looks at him, the gorilla just gives him the finger. <laughs> <laughs> here you go. Take this. Uh, mm-hmm. We're good to go here. <laughs> uh, this is at. Uh, Appledorn Monkey Park in Holland. And uh, he's bored and he doesn't like to be bothered. Uh, the other gorillas are lively, but the grump uh, just sits there. And if you bother to look at him, he just flips you off. 
See you later. <laughs> people would up pay, here doing it. People would pay an extraordinary amount of money to be given the finger by a gorilla. Well, that needs to be a featured attraction. Well, here's what I would do. You walk into the crappy, crappy coffee shop and you've got your your uh, emotional support hedgehog with you. Yeah. And you walk up to the counter. Yep. I, I'd and then you try to order something. I'd yeah. say, hey, 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 right there. Look at that picture. And it'd be the picture of the gorilla giving the finger. Yeah. And say, <laughs> then I would just say, get out of here. And your hedgehog is, is going to be fed right. to him. Yeah. This is what your hedgehog gets. Yeah. See you later. <laughs> I wonder, has, has baseball ever had a division winner? Below 500. We talked about this uh, late yesterday. The, well, great the, minds must think alike. The huh? one that came to recollection was the 06 St. Louis Cardinals that won the World Series after going, I believe it was 82 and 80 or 83 and 79. But no, that, that was that's a, not below 500. I know, but I, I couldn't think of a below 500 playoff team. But that, I, guess the, I could look it when up. When the Twins won in 87. Oh, we were above 500, were but 80, very close, 85 right? 85 and 77. Oh, right okay. now, Cleveland is at 500, 21-21, and the Twins are a game and a half back at 18-21. <clears throat> and the Tigers are uh, only two games back at 19 and 23. Hmm. I'm going to look it up. Did right anyone now. bother to uh, take my advice and watch the uh, histrionics prior to uh, the Las Vegas Knights Hosting the Jets last night. I remember too late. It was in my uh, plan, and then I, I heard that my son was downstairs watching the game, and I said, "Dang it, I missed the beginning." I made the wife watch it with me. You saw the you saw the theater. Yes, it's frightening. I think it's cool. Maurice Richard is wondering <laughs> what the hell happened. What is this game? What is these things? What is this game? What are these people? Who are these guys? Oh, these are not guys. They're <laughs> who are these guys? If I understood it, Reeves, yep, you had one uh, costumed character on skates mm-hmm. who represented the Jets, and you had another. Uh, you had the Golden Knight costume character, yep, obviously representing the Vegas hometown, and they squared off in a mock sword fight, a duel, a duel, mm-hmm. which of course the Golden Knight. One. Well, of course, he's they on home to, ice, yeah, yeah, and that to. and that dispatched the costumed uh, Winnipeg fellow off the rink. Right. Mm-hmm. See you later. You mm-hmm. lose. Okay. Then the Golden Knight guy, he skates to the end of the rink and turns around, and then there's this incredible array of lighting and laser beams and all this, and the and the image of a jet airplane. Thus, the this? Winnipeg jet. Right. Yes. You caught this reason? Yeah. The, the jet airplane is now coming down the ice, and the Golden Knight cleaves it in half. With his giant sword. Destroyed the airplane mm-hmm. with, a, with a cut with his mighty sword. But you, you missed the open. Remember the gal with the bow and arrow oh, shooting, yeah. shooting down the playoff banners of all the teams that have been eliminated, including our wild. Oh, maybe I didn't catch that. That was the very beginning before the duel. Wow. That was cool. I, I, I am in favor of it. I think it's cool. Well, I think it's so over the top. It is cool. Yes. That's, that's it's a must-see. Yeah, it's a must-see. I have not seen it yet. I can't imagine being inside that arena, how deafening that must oh be. Oh, my God. I, no, I can't imagine they'll do that tomorrow night, will they? They probably will. Well, it, the playoffs, how many it's the finals. Fans were there? How many I saw Winnipeg a few. fans were there? I saw a few. I don't know. But it, 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 
It is cool. so over the top, yeah. I don't know what to make of it. And it it's only cool and over the top because it's Vegas. If it was any other city, it'd say, all right, let's tone it down or not. You know, George McPhee is the GM of that club. He came to them out of, I believe, the Capital Organization, okay. Washington Caps. If I'm Leopold, I'm going to George McPhee, and I'm going to say, "What? What? What's it going to take?" Give me a number. Because this is an extraordinary team this guy's put together. Well, but what's it going to take? But him getting this job, he doesn't have the luxury of being able to just hand pick a player from each roster. No, I, I get it. But his knowledge, his player knowledge, sure. must be extraordinary. Sure, absolutely. Well, and I wonder when, whenever they finally let, I think it's Seattle, get their expansion team, are they going to allow them to do the same thing Vegas did? Well, I have two points about that. One, if I read correctly, Seattle's going to have to pay about $600 million. $650. $650 million. Oh, my God. And the, N- and the NHL is going to say, we... we we can now only protect what nine players, ten. Yeah. These these morons are going to pay us six hundred and fifty million. We're going to only be able to let's say they protect ten, right? Yeah. Okay. Seattle's model is not going to be the Montreal Canadiens. No. It's not going to be the New York Rangers. It's not going to be the Penguins. It's not going to be the Red Wings or the Blackhawks. The model they're going to have to emulate is Vegas. What do we have? Thirty-two teams. In hockey? I think so, yeah. So that is $20.3 million for each owner. Yeah. I would take my 20.3 if I'm Leopold, and I'm going to uh, McPhee and say, what, what, what's it going to take here? What you, uh, 20.4? Can I lure you away? Can I lure you away? I would take my $20.3 million and I would do some Joe Smith-style collusion type of thing to try to get really good players there under the table. Really? Yeah. And hope not get caught. All right. University of Garage Logic 98. College of Self-Esteem. Zip. Nada. Nothing. Here's Joe Suchere. I had some errands last night that found me on two wheels. On Grand Avenue, and I caught the assembly uh, of that uh, memorial bicycle ride for Al Grand. Sure. Oh, yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. And uh, what did you see? Many people arriving in their SUVs to get take their bikes out of the back or off the racks and take off. I suppose they had people from all over. It would have been impractical maybe to ride uh, your bike from Woodbury into there. Then I didn't see the ride itself, but I saw the I saw the assembly. Oh, okay. Saw the assembly. A good turnout. It From what you saw? To, it, it seemed to me. Good. But we still don't have the facts. Did, did coppers ever get back to us? Uh, still inconclusive. There, It's an active investigation, but we do not have an at fault uh, yet due to uh, the investigation is still ongoing. Uh, did, you, did you see a cyclist was killed last night? No, where? A female bicyclist was hit and killed in Ham Lake late Wednesday night. The Anoka County Sheriff's Office reported the incident happened along Highway 65 and 157th Avenue just before 11 p.m. Highway 65 is very busy. I don't remember how well lit it is. 11 o'clock at um, night. 120th Street, I, I know, but I don't know about 150th. 
Investigators at the scene said they believed the bicyclist was riding her bike northbound in the highway's middle lanes of traffic. Oh, wow. Life-saving efforts were unsuccessful, and the bicyclist was pronounced dead at the scene. Authorities said two vehicles were also involved in the crash. No other injuries uh, have been reported, and the bicyclist's identity has not been released. So, again, very preliminary report, and we don't have a, a lot of facts, but you're riding a bicycle at 11 o'clock at night in the middle lanes. Uh, if I'm, uh, isn't Highway 65 uh, also, isn't that Central Avenue? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it goes all the way up. That's just busy as hell. Uh, I wouldn't, that's an, what do we call that? An unnecessary risk. You don't have to do that at 11 o'clock at night. Here's what I don't understand too. Joe, you have said that you no longer are on the bike because you're afraid of the texters. Is that motorcycle? Motorcycle. I still keep uh, two wheels in the game, but sure. just for running errands. But my point was going to be, you know, out by me in the rural part of the state. Yeah. I, I you know, we're on narrow with uh, highways with no shoulder. Mm-hmm. I see bicyclists all the time and I'm thinking, Okay, I can see you because I'm paying attention, but I see so many people that aren't paying attention. You're putting your life in risk. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. I don't. I don't understand why that's worth it to some people. I'm not uh, suggesting there's any connection whatsoever between this woman who lost her life last night and this Al Grand situation. Of course not. Uh, but but and, and taking both of these uh, individuals out of what I'm about to say, it's becoming quite evident. Actually, it's probably already been established that that bicyclists have succeeded in in uh, earning for themselves a political identity. That they are they are victims of a of a larger uh, military industrial complex that has resulted in the internal combustion engine. Several people are pointing out, by the way, that that stretch is a 65 mile an hour zone. Well, she shouldn't be there on a bicycle. You know what? No. A helmet will not protect you. No. We don't even get the helmet mentioned here. Yeah. Uh, Which is why, uh, after the unfortunate incident at Summit and Snelling, almost instantaneously, the the activist wing of the bicycling community, you may foghorn that if you wish. I will. uh, Almost instantaneously began their... they're, they're hinting about for we need more safety. We need more Immediately protection. Immediately, they did. We need more walls. And 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 uh, again, that's that's it's premature of them uh, to think that it's not. It's it's not. It, it is premature if they're going to use poor Gron's situation because we don't know the facts. But if Gron was at fault, right. and we don't know that. Uh, then you have no business uh, politicizing his death in order for you to get a wall on Summit Avenue. Right. Plus, as we pointed out earlier, what would the wall do for you? You still got to cross the intersection. You still have to cross the most dangerous part. Right, the intersection. Mm -hmm. And then I do think it would become fascinating uh, if the bicycle activists succeed in, in somehow prying the money loose from the public to create whatever they might envision. This isn't your uh, family recreational bicyclist, by the way. I'm talking the hardcore activists. Right. If, they, if they succeed in prying loose the money to create a wall, I want to see how they tangle with the Historic Preservation Commission on Summit Avenue. 
Yeah, they're not going to be big fans of just a. a I told you, wall. I've been dealing with a guy who couldn't put a driveway in. Right. A driveway. A, you want to replace a cracked concrete driveway with a stamped concrete that would only make his property even more handsome. And they're saying, no, no, that's that's in violation of the rules. And and uh, they didn't do it that way back then. Well, then, well, then, what they should demand is that his driveway be dirt because that's what it would have been in 1890. Right. You can double check me on this, but I don't think concrete was widely used until maybe 1895 or so. So when this guy's grand five level Queen Anne pile got built in 1888 or 1889 or whenever it was, the driveway was dirt and it was full of horse poop. Yeah, they're, they're, the historian, uh, the historical uh, part—they're forgetting about that, aren't they? Well, then by their logic, I know I'm—I I'm, know I'm getting off topic here, but that's okay. I'm the yeah, mayor. we're under the gun. Here I know for time. I'm the mayor. I can do that. By that logic, they—they they, the city could not replace heaved-up concrete where it's been heaved up by tree roots, because to replace that would would be a violation of historical integrity. That's the way it was. These tree roots grew, and that's the concrete. You got to leave it like that. These people are morons. Well, they're not. They're like the the schools with zero tolerance. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is some leeway. There's some give, especially if you're preserving a, a, a home or the the area around the home. Yeah. You need to have some common sense. In a, in any event, uh, to bring it back to the cycling, uh, I, I can't imagine uh, that a, that a historic preservation commission would sign off on a concrete barrier running along Summit in front of these magnificently restored and terribly expensive and highly paying property tax people. Mm. You know, just to, just is height ready. Uh, yeah, but let's get going. Let's get to him. Well, I don't want to waste any time. All right. The- Commencing garage logic segment number three. Here's John Height. Thank you, Joe. It's sunny and 80 degrees. This update brought to you by Metafast. The Twins are off today. They'll open up a weekend series against the Milwaukee Brewers tomorrow night at Target Field. Twins are 18 and 21, game and a half behind Cleveland in the American League Central. Uh, Joe, two really quick things. Rook, you're going to need your Twitter account for this. Uh, the only team I could find in MLB history that was under 500 that made the postseason was the 1981 Kansas City Royals at 50 and 53 in a strike Strikes. shortened oh, season. Okay, uh, and also on Twitter, Rookie and I went downstairs to get some lunch. <laughs> you didn't post that, did you? And uh, Rookie had a bit of an accident carrying his lunch back upstairs. What a, mm-hmm. He spilled it all over the floor and. The uh, the captions from said photo are now circulating on Twitter and uh, add a caption to it. On the floor, it. it was chicken parm. I was going for the five minute rule. I'd eat wow. it. What the hell? Yeah, it's, we, this is a clean place we work in. John Height. 
Snowcross superstar Tucker Hibbert has announced his retirement from racing. 33-year-old Hibbert coming off a season which he won his 11th professional Snowcross National Championship. Uh, he has 138 wins, 179 top three finishes in 235 career starts. Hibbert resides in Pelican Rapids, Minnesota, was the darling of the Winter X Games in 2000, winning gold at the age of 15, made his professional debut that fall by winning at the Duluth National, and his number 68 Arctic Cat quickly became the most feared sled on the track. You guys ever been to Pelican Rapids? Seen the big pelican? No, I have not, but I would like to. They have a giant pelican in Pelican Rapids. It's pretty cool. Right in the middle of the city. That's that's interesting. <laughs> his, his mouth <laughs> can hold as much as his belly can. What the hell are you talking about? They got a big stuffed fiberglass bird. Right. Big deal. That's cool. Yeah. Hey, you ever, kids. Have you ever been to uh, uh, Malax? They got the big stuffed yeah, the fiberglass fish. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, Olivia's yeah. got the big piece of corn. Yeah. Yeah. You go up to uh, New Salem, somebody's North. got a water tower shaped like a bobber or golf ball. Cool. Or I want to see that. Has, uh, Belgrade's got the big crow. Oh, yeah. New Salem, uh, North Dakota has a big cow. I love it. Cow. John's idea. Hey, kids, let's pile into the wagon and what go see the big pelican. <laughs> Highland Park has three water towers. Yeah, but they're not shaped uh, like anything, Matt. You're missing the point of this jocularity. <laughs> big city kids just have no imagination. No. News notes from what, today. Two, two big boobs on the hill, maybe. Mm-hmm. Huh? The two blue ones. Okay, okay. <laughs> News notes from today. Governor Mark Dayton vetoing the Republican tax bill during a public appearance this morning at a St. Paul elementary school. Dayton made the announcement at Bruce Vento Elementary School with several students behind him. The governor reiterated he's willing to let the session end without signing a tax bill if Republican legislators don't move on his request for emergency education relief. The governor previously said he wouldn't sign or negotiate with Republicans over the proposed tax bill unless an agreement was reached on that emergency education aid. He said $138 million is needed for nearly 60 school districts to avoid teacher layoffs. However, Republican leaders have said conforming the state's tax code to the new federal tax law is of the utmost importance. Why can't these people keep budgets? Why are they excused? Why do they always get to fail? B as in B, S as in S. The Republican leaders also say budgets are where we need to push back as well. Mm-hmm. You don't get any more, so don't promise any more. Also said Dayton's request for emergency school funding came too late in the session. While the governor said he's willing to compromise on the tax bill, he won't concede that emergency school funding. Plymouth police say the seven-year-old boy killed yesterday afternoon opened a hoverboard box that was stored in a bedroom and found a loaded handgun. He fired it and died of a gunshot wound to the head, according to authorities at a press conference this morning. Police are calling it an accident, saying the boy went into the home while three other children, ranging from 7 to 11 years old, were outside. Two ran in when they heard the gunshot sound, according to police. They found Kiara Samuels, then went to a neighbor's to call 911. Life-saving measures were attempted when police got there, but Kainari was pronounced dead at the scene. Plymouth Public Safety Director Michael Goldstein said this should have never happened. We believe this was an accident. Our investigation will continue. Goldstein said the mother is adamant she didn't know the gun was in the home and doesn't know anyone who would have brought the gun into the house. Police did not know where the gun came from, which remains the focus of the investigation. All four of the children are related, but police didn't specify the exact relationship. Hawaii's Kilauea volcano erupted again this morning, blasting a plume of ash and debris 
30,000 feet into the air, putting Big Island residents on further notice that a bigger blast could still be coming. The state civil defense agency said the plume was expected to spread to the east, warning residents there to shelter in place. Driving conditions, they say, could be dangerous due to low visibility. Ash will affect local waters for several hours, according to the Hawaii Emergency Management Agency. National Weather Service issued an ash fall advisory for the area until noon local time. An ash fall advisory means ash accumulation of less than a quarter inch is expected on boats. Well, that's a chunk of soot alert. Pretty much, yeah. yeah, Exact same thing. A school bus and a dump truck involved in a serious accident. That's a chunk of soot right there from Hawaii. A school bus and dump truck involved in a serious accident this morning in Mount Olive Township in Morris County, New Jersey. Several people are hurt. Mount Olive Mayor Rob Greenbaum said the aftermath of the highway crash from an overpass described the scene as horrific. He said there were possible ejections in the crash. At least three hospitals have received patients from the accident, including two believed to be children from the bus. The bus was transporting students from East Brook Middle School in Paramus, New Jersey. Jay Faltings, who drove past the scene about five minutes after the crash, uh, told local TV he saw children being rescued from the wreckage. He said the front of the dump truck appeared to have been sheared off and the school bus was ripped off its frame after hitting a guardrail and flipping over. The National Transportation Safety Board said via Twitter it's gathering information on the crash. Uh, this story, I don't mean to be flippant about this story because it ended in a death, mm-hmm. but uh, this visual, mm-hmm. an Oklahoma woman was mauled to death last week by seven small dogs, most of them possibly a dachshund terrier mix. Okay. <laughs> See, Chris had the Those same reaction. Right? Well, let's hear the story. Chris had the same reaction. I want to hear I the did. story. Well, they're they're wiener dogs, right? Exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> now, now nibbled to death by ducks. <laughs> Authorities now are investigating whether criminal charges should be filed in the wake of the accident against the dog. Against the owner of the dog. Oh, I, th- I assume she was the owner. No. I'm sorry. Carter County Sheriff Chris Bryant said 52-year-old Tracy Garcia was killed near her home outside Ardmore, about 90 miles south of Oklahoma City. All of the dogs weighed much less than 40 pounds, and they belonged to one of her neighbors. Police shot one dog. The rest were euthanized. The exact breeds are unknown, but shelter euthanasia technician Amanda Dinwiddie told television station KXII six of the dog appeared to be Dachshund Terrier mix, the seventh perhaps a Border Collie mix. They all ranged probably from about a year to three years old. She also said the dogs had problems, fleas and ticks. You can tell they've been living out in the woods, she said. The case will be turned over to the district attorney's office for review. Uh, John, I have been submitted to you the John Height Summer Road Trip (laughs) Series, the 10 greatest attractions in the state of Minnesota. I brought this up. You're going to have to drive all the way up to Fergus Falls, and you can see Otto the Big Otter. Cool. Look at Otto right here. I see the picture. Very cool. Uh, You can go to uh, Champlin. They've got Sinclair Dino. I drive by that all the time. Okay, so you can cross that one off. off 169. Rocky Taconite is up in Silver Bay. You can drive up and see him. And uh, the world's largest hockey stick. Ah, how about that? Go see that up in Evelyn. Yep, I like the pelican. Yeah. See, it's kind of a it's it's a memory. Reavers, weren't I... you going to promote something on the website? Oh, uh, the guy in the in the deer stand with the bear. A guy sitting in a deer oh. stand. A bear crawls up the tree and sniffs the guy. Oh. This guy just sat there with the largest swimsuit area you've ever seen. Never said a peep. Nope. Never lost his cool. Nope. Just waited for the bear to check him out, and sure enough, the bear checked him out, and the bear climbed back down the tree. And I he, think we've seen this before. I haven't. Oh No, this is new. It was just posted the other day. 
to YouTube. But anyway, Kelsey you, sent it. Didn't you he? would expect him to because he's got a firearm. Yeah, but he. <laughs> You well, think because it's had, posted because it's posted yesterday for sure locked in its brand name. No, no, no. The the YouTube video was just posted yesterday. Okay, <laughs> I, I think I still stand by my statement. Rick's skeptical. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a look at it because I, this in my mind's eye I'm playing it out that we have seen something like this before, but it maybe, doesn't maybe diminish the fact that yes, the guy sat there as his huge pair was. Uh, well, he wasn't. He he did not appear to feel yeah. that he was threatened. No, he never did once. Rook visually showing us what a yeah. huge right. Pair this is what a huge like. pair is right here. But the guy just sat there very calmly and looked at the bear and just never said a word. Huh. The bear looked at him. And the bear said, "Well, I don't think this guy's going to cause me any problems." Fifteen hundred ESPN dot com. Look at the GL page. Yeah, and then go down to Blue Earth and see the Jolly Green <laughs> Giant statue. I've seen the Jolly Green Giant statue. Talk about a big pair. Is uh, Dave Dahl ready? Yeah, when we finally come back. Here in the TCL Broadcast Studios, uh, Dave Dahl joins us. Thank you, Joe. We're up to 80, and it's feeling a little bit more humid out there. Dew points getting up close to 60, so it's going to be a little muggy tonight. Uh, there may be an isolated thunderstorm that develops during the day tomorrow, but more than likely they're going to hold off until Friday night and into Saturday. And at this point, it looks like we're even going to start Saturday off with a little sunshine. It's going to stay warm. Today's high up to about 84. Tomorrow also 84. And again, muggier with dew points up close to 60 again tomorrow. Southeast winds around 10 to 15. Saturday, 73 at this point, but it could get warmer if it stays sunny longer. And at this point, it does look like thunderstorms will hold off until afternoon or evening on Saturday. They could linger into early Sunday, though. Sunday's high of about 70. Morning clouds and showers give way to a little sunshine by the afternoon. And then next week, we climb back through the 70s into the lower 80s by Wednesday and Thursday. Again today, Joe. Uh, partly cloudy skies, kind of warm and a little sticky out there. Going for an 84. Right now we're at 80. Thank you. Nella Gray Barkley was the commencement speaker at Sweetwater College in Virginia. It's an all-women's mm-hmm. college. Okay. And uh, she's a 1955 graduate of Sweetbriar, which would make her, what, that's 63 years ago. Let's say she was 20. Let's call her 80. Gotcha. Maybe 83. So she was fortunate enough, in in my estimation, to have missed the destroyed academy. When she went to school, it probably was fairly meaningful at Sweetbriar. Right. And she went, I looked her up. She's not only an alumna, but she started her own company, uh, president and co-founder of Crystal Barkley Corporation. They, uh, let's see, what do they do? Through strategic planning principles, her preoccupation with people and her own innate drive enable others. She's a sought-after mentor, public speaker, and coach to Fortune 500 companies. She serves on dozens of boards. Uh, she's a, a proud graduate of Sweetbriar, and here she comes to the podium. No, she's returned, and she's she's a, returned. Ready and, to talk uh, about her success. And the Me Too movement uh, has driven up the demand for female speakers during commencement ceremonies. Okay. Uh, so attendees of the Sweetbriar College graduation ceremony seemed taken aback when Speaker Nella Gray Barkley. Uh, gave the movement only partial sympathy when discussing sexual harassment and feminism. Hmm. 
I have little patience with the women who arrive breathlessly at her boss's hotel room for a so-called conference, Barkley said in a speech. What does she think was going to happen? What do you think happened to her? Uh, boot off the stage. Just lit the hell up. They yeah. just lit her up because these failed uh, people now at the in the failed academy, they couldn't believe what they're hearing. She came under fire for comments to the graduating students, uh, and she tried to tell them, "You're making you make the ground rules. It's only natural for men from Mars to follow the shortest skirt in the room." She's saying, "Girls, wake up! What the hell? You you don't need your stupid hashtag movement. Right? Be in charge of your own being. Right?" Uh, Barkley also told the audience, "I'm no raging feminist. I actually love men, and I married one." Oh, boo. she sounds like a wonderful boo. gal. She sounds like boo. a wonderful gal. <laughs> Is that where the booze started? Yeah. She said during her speech that she didn't intend to suggest graduates put on their armor and ride into battle in a man's world. In fact, I do not believe it is a man's world, she said. We women just need to claim that part of it we want and claim that with high expectations and no ambivalence. Almost immediately, in closed, in closed Facebook groups, students and alums began criticizing Barkley, calling it a shameful and disgusting that the school should be embarrassed the, the, the academy's destroyed. These kids had no idea that they were being offered wisdom by an 83-year-old woman who preceded them when that academy, Sweetbriar, meant something. Telling them, don't let somebody make your path. You make your own path. We have a ray of hope here. In an email to students uh, Sunday night, Sweetbriar College President Meredith Wu, the president now, applauded Barkley as a trailblazer and distinguished alumna who provoked a conversation. At this stage in your life, you have not experienced the complexities and contradictions which get presented in so many guises and contexts, Wu wrote. Regardless, one principle is unassailable, that you, as women, have dominion over your physical self, free from coercion, pressure, or influence related to your sexuality. Wu said Barkley, in her speech, celebrated and applauded women who came forward during the Me Too movement, but she also raised the question of agency and purpose, how we act responsibly to avoid and thwart situations that happen all too often in life. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to give the college president a ray of hope, but the kids are so properly brainwashed that it was disgusting for them to hear a woman say, I'm not that much of a feminist. I actually love men and I married one. And uh, by the way, uh, am I supposed to have sympathy for you morons who follow your boss to some hotel room for what you think is going to be a conference? Right. Grow w- up is what up. she's saying. Wake up. I've got more from her speech, too. What did you say your name was? Uh, Nella Gray Barkley. Oh, not Brown. Well, I woke up to go give me a no, cold this is No, this is Sweet Brown. This is, okay, that's the Sweet Brown. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. She might have a different view. Uh, okay. This is the way. It's the end of the world as we know it. And he feels fine. Joe Suchere. Uh, Kelly, go ahead quickly, please. Yep. Hey, Rookie, the chicken parm, I'm with you. My wife made me a delicious dinner on a freshly clean floor. I knocked it over, scooped it back in the bowl, and enjoyed it. Good to go. Right. You're good to go. I'm with you, bro. Thank you. Thank you. We're going to revisit uh, the Reverend Moultrie from yesterday. We're going to dig down deeper into how we push back. Okay. 
He, uh, he is, got stopped by the police and then uh, created an absolutely false account of what took place. Uh, got another one of those, by the way. Oh, it's we're not gonna break one. it. I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it to a level where we haven't gone before. I was we're, hoping you were going to tell us there is there already is some pushback. Well, from us, yeah, but not from us. From the NAACP or people in South Carolina saying no, this is not okay. That's what I want. Fifteen hundred ESPN is KSTP St. Paul, Minneapolis. It's eighty.